Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy. I'm here, one of your hosts, and I'm here, as always, with my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, it's a beautiful sunny day out here in the, um, the Bay Area, so that's a perk. And we're still waiting. We are still waiting. We are coming to you here. We are recording Friday afternoon, March 24th. And as of now, still no Rogers news. We talked about it a lot on the last podcast. You can go give it a listen there. But it sounds like the Packers and the Jets are still at an impasse in terms of compensation talks. There have been a lot of talks about who has the leverage, who doesn't have the leverage. Pretty much, it's been, in my opinion, I don't know about you, Dad, it's been exactly the same conversation rehashed essentially a dozen different ways and a dozen different times. There's not a whole lot of new uh, information around. Uh, The only real new bit of information is that Elijah Moore was traded along with a third-round pick for a second-round pick, and that was a player that some people consider to be open to being part of the trade package. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, talking about maybe how we think those negotiations are going, just to touch on it, because that is probably the biggest piece of Packers news. But before we get into anything today, we just wanted to pitch a couple of things very quickly. If you like what you hear here, come uh, follow us on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We would really appreciate it. We tweet out when we have new episodes, articles we find interesting. We tweet out uh, any injury updates, news around the trade market, news around free agency. You can come find us there. Um, We also are doing a Mock Draft Monday series where we're tweeting out a new Mock Draft every week. If you want to come interact with those, tell us what picks you like, tell us what picks you don't like. We'd love that. Uh, And then you can also find us on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. Wherever podcasts are found, you can find us. Come give us a follow there. And if you really like us, come subscribe to us on YouTube. We put all our episodes there as well. And if you subscribe there, it would really just give us, um, it would help our algorithm a lot. You know how these things go. And so we would really appreciate it. But dad, uh, let's get into talking Packers today as we often do. And let's start with some pro days and kind of draft day news. Uh, I think the biggest bit is that we have some news on official visits with Green Bay. And before we talk about these very quickly, I would just like to plug Packers Wire has a tracker for these um, that is very good. Uh, You can find on their page, PackersWire.com. It's an extension of USA Today. Uh, And they essentially just have a list of they're updating essentially when uh, news is published about uh, yeah. who is going to visit with the Packers. You get a certain right. number oh, of the top, the these, top 30 list or whatever. Yeah. It is. Um, these visits, individual visits with the teams. And so far, dad, uh, it's just been Darnell Washington, the massive tight end out of Georgia and Will McDonald, the fourth, the um, lengthy pass rusher out of Iowa state. Uh, any thoughts on these two guys? Right. So Darnell Washington, uh, we already kind of knew he was a freak. Um, athletically, as well as being enormous as a tight end from uh, just his tape at Georgia, though they didn't use him that much as a receiver. But at the pro, at the uh, sorry, the combine, he was just crushing it with the uh, much more athletic than people thought. And if you saw his like the, the blocking sled, he's like doing the, the work that it seems like any two of the other tight ends could have been would, would have been doing together. So he seems like by far the best most powerful blocker out there as well as like an amazing one-handed catch but kind of exciting the question is still a little up in the air exactly how high is it going to go um is it going yeah. is he now moving up into mid first round rather than mid second round it's a little bit kind of nebulous it seems to me that like from the mock drafts i've been watching he's going anywhere from middle of the first to like top of the second it seems like to me 
Um, the Packers met with him, so clearly they think he's in play at one of those two picks that they have. Um, yeah, and I think the other thing is the uh, the mock drafts are still responding to the testing numbers that have come out, and, and so I think they have not quite. I think that's why there's a little less consensus. His players are moving from their pre-combine and workout uh, um, projections to the newer projections. And the thing you mentioned about Darnell Washington not getting much like usage at Georgia, part of that is his, his fellow tight end, who is not in the draft this year, I believe he'll be in the draft next year, won the Mackey Award this past year and was also the freshman of the year in 2021. So he was the second best tight end on his own team, but also this other guy's Brock Bowers, who's a very good tight end prospect he was taking up a lot of those tight end targets. And so it's not necessarily a knock on Washington as it is just like this other guy on his team was also very, very good. And is going to be like a very, very highly touted tight end prospect coming out of college. But if there's anybody in the draft who might be Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. It's Darnell Washington. Yeah. And like, I mean, what was it? The second or third best short shuttle of any player at the combine? Only Jackson Smith and Jigba of a six foot what, 203 pounds? No, not even six feet, right? Maybe like, six yeah, foot, around six foot, Around six pounds. foot, 203 pounds wide receiver beat him at 6'7", 270? He's like 280, I think. 280? Yeah, so, yeah, he beat all these other defensive backs. Whoever had the short shuttle, he beat them all except for um, Smith and Jigba. Yeah, uh, actually, the combine actually only has him at 265. 265, slimmed down a little bit. They, yeah. yeah, but you know, you never know what those, how accurate those... Um, team listings are anyway well the other thing with him and we don't want to talk too much about prospects since we've been doing this a lot um, and we don't have a whole lot of information is I mean he's so big a lot of people were talking about before this draft process and more so in the past college football offseason like hey like in terms of a pro prospect does he try and go the Jason Peters route where he just puts some pounds on him and play him a left tackle tackle. see what happens Um, he's got some blocking power Oh yeah, he's I mean he's a big man. Uh, and then the other player that they met with that we mentioned was Will McDonald the fourth out of Iowa State. Um, he is interesting. Uh, he's been going anywhere from late first, middle second, sometimes as high as middle of the first. Um, he's a little on the smaller side, only six three, two hundred thirty nine pounds, but he has super long arms, like ninetieth percentile arm length, so he's really lengthy. Um, Nine point seven two RAS, so he's very elite athlete as well. He's a little old. He'll be 24 at the start of the season, but we did see with Devontae Wyatt last year that that's not as big of a threshold for them right yeah, now. I, Maybe that has to do with COVID seasons, and we'll see them slide back to going I, younger. But That's what I expect. When we get another year or two and we've gotten past the classes that were affected by COVID cancellations and the special exemptions to go back to school, that they may go back to their traditional age limits. Um, the, the other thing, do you want to say anything more about McDonald? McDonald, I mean, he's a little small uh, for what they usually look for an edge rusher, so I'm a bit surprised they decided they're yeah. deciding to meet with him. Um, but he's, he's a good player. He's a really good yeah. athlete. I would say one thing, just one thing I'd like kind of pop in here about uh, their their visits. I think one thing it tells us, maybe not the exact player they end up drafting. Position. Position and round. Yeah. I think that means they're looking for a tight end and an edge rusher in the first two rounds. That'd be my take on what this means. Yeah. Often they, they'll, they'll also interview people who are like priority um, unfos. Yep. Although they've done that a little somebody less. Else that they did, right. They did a little less under uh, Gutekunst. Because Ted Thompson, that was like all that's they all used we, their, their visits for. Yeah. Was they may only... have talked to people at the comp. I think they also had some meetings with 
um, prospects at the combine. Oh yeah, they met with like list. every tight end at the combine. They met with right. There are whole. Th- so this that's, is that's, just the the thirty the top thirty visits. That's yes, all, this is a little different. Are. But in some of those, I think they have also been uh, players you might expect to be unposed or later round. And the thing is, um, like, yes, they they are probably looking tight end and edge rusher early. I'm not surprised by that, and this seems to indicate that. But they also have a lot of visits left to go, so we're probably going to see a lot more positions as well. I, I also expect that they will take at least they're going to take two tight ends this year. I would hope so they, because they the tight end take... room is barren, and we were just looking at. We're going to talk about this later. The free agency tight end room is not very. The it's cupboard is not stocked. Yeah. Um, yes, but edge rusher would. Um, they may end up only drafting one edge rusher. Um, we'll see. So the other thing that I should like, we're into sort of uh, pre-draft process, getting to see more players. Some some notable pro days have been going on: Ohio State, Alabama. Gutekunst, and I think some of the scout staff have been there watching um, the players um, not only do the the, the drills they didn't um, participate in the combine, but also some uh, pass-catching drills for the receivers and other things, see how they look as well. The quarterbacks who, you know, the ones that have been getting all the hype are not really relevant for the Packers. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, and I haven't really compiled all the details from those, the players who hadn't tested before, but one notable is uh, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we mentioned already, um, did his 40. Yep. And, and I would wasn't say fast blazing enough. fast, but it was fast enough where people aren't going to worry about his speed. Yeah, and it was see, a, like, for reference, I think it was from, a 4.53 to a 4.49 in terms of his first and second. And pro days are always faster, but that means yeah, he's probably but, around but Maybe with five. that crazy fast track they've had in Indianapolis the last couple of years, maybe they're not faster anymore. Maybe. Um, And then in terms of pro days, um, Brian Gutekunst was at Ohio State's pro day, Penn State's pro day, Alabama's pro day. Um, So he he seems like he was at... And maybe somebody from the staff was at the Virginia pro day. I think they went. And there's some other pro days that have happened already that have some notable prospects, receivers, tight ends. and then uh, apparently the Packers had scouts at Iowa State's pro day. Um, oh, but, for Xavier Hutchinson as well as for um, Will McDonald, probably. Oh, right, right. Will McDonald, of course. Right, right, right. They probably mentioned both of them. The other uh, piece of interesting news I I felt like around the pro day circuit, um, uh, the tackles at Ohio, Ohio State uh, performed really well. So that's interesting because they're they're kind of projected to go uh, near around where we're picking. Um, I would be a little surprised if they took a tackle, but. I mean, Brian Gutekunst loves his big guys. I'm really then, surprised if they take a first-round tackle this year when their their line is back to being healthy and seems pretty deep. Um, and they usually don't – I mean, they've been able to get good starters later in the draft. Yeah. And then, oh, the other interesting piece of Pro Day news I thought was that Dalton Kincaid, um, the tight end out of mm. uh, Utah, who a lot of people have as their first tight end and almost everyone has at least as a top three tight end, uh, did not participate in the pro day for them after also not testing at the combine. Uh, seems to have a back injury, and injuries were a big question mark for him coming out of college. Uh, so not great for his stock. Um, definitely something to keep an eye on because I personally was also very high on him. Um, I mean, obviously this is uh, hyperbole, but he gets comp to Travis Kelsey a lot. He's very smooth. He's a really good receiver. Um, he had like 16 catches versus USC in one game. Right. Oh, he's had like a minuscule number of uh, drops as well. Yeah. So his, he's catch, really, his catch percentage is really high. He's a really good player. It's just the, the 
these the fact that he Back hasn't been able to do a little bit uh worry yeah, yeah. wonder what that'll probably affect his his uh draft position oh yeah and um, the fact that he hasn't been able to participate in nearly any of the pre-draft processes is not a good sign yeah um, anyway we've been speculating about um not much information for a little little bit here but in some of and then uh you know there's been actually a little bit of uh packers related or backers news in terms of um players being signed and traded and things and what might be what it might mean and some of it might also will mean something in terms of the draft as well um who ends up and some players have come back to the packers as well as the players they've lost one one thing I did want to ask really quick though, can we if we just um sure. lap back to so uh, Daniel Jeremiah released his mock draft um three days ago on Tuesday. Uh he's one of those guys that's really plugged into the league, works for NFL Network, mm-hmm. um, knows stuff. And did you see who he had picked for the Packers at fifteen? I did not see this week's because I was traveling, so I haven't seen his yeah, he was probably the ones who early on started getting a linebacker early to the Packers last year, and I was like no way that's ridiculous they just signed the linebacker they they, they haven't valued before they just re-signed uh campbell but, but he was right so who did he pick who did he uh and so we like we were just saying brian goodigan's loves, loves his big guys paris johnson jr tackle out of ohio state is who um daniel jeremiah has them picking at 15 yeah. in this latest yeah, mock draft I, I, I almost said like this is gonna be like last year if i say like they're not gonna pick a tackle they're all set last year's like they're not gonna pick a linebacker they're all set Yep, there's like there's no way they pick a linebacker. I mean, I was I was one of those people, admittedly, where I was like, there's absolutely no way that they pick a like a linebacker in the first round, and yet here we are, and they did, <laughs> and they did because they had never done it before. And this year, you know, I mean, obviously, I think this all changes a bit if Nyman if someone matches and Nyman ends up leaving. That's what I um, wonder if they pick a lineman, a tackle that might mean something for the rest of the roster. Yeah. And I, I think in terms of who's, who's going and who's staying and for how long. And if they, so it, it seems like he's clearly hearing something at least yeah. about tackles. And I mean, Brian Gutekunst was just at Ohio state's pro day. So maybe there was some talk there. Um, it's, it's hard to know. Um, the other, uh, big fish in the NFL draft landscape who was also plugged in um, does mock drafts as Mel Kuyper of ESPN and he had the Packers taking Lucas Van Ness at 15 um, so in terms of these are these are people who do like mock drafts like I think Trevor Sigma coined this phrase but do mock drafts with their ears quote unquote which means like this is just what they're hearing around the league and they might be hearing it from like other outside um, parties yeah, that like- are have connections but i could see them taking venice i wouldn't personally love it but i think that's I've, i would be less less surprised than them picking paris johnson i've seen van ness to the packers for a while now and i didn't and then maybe fading off of it we'll see um whether that uh i don't know if that's something that's kind of older news because that was something i was hearing like a month ago um just meaning i don't have any sources you <laughs> don't see other <laughs> are you sure I have one, and <laughs> it's not something you generally rely on, as in where I pull it out of. <laughs> but uh, I was, you know, mostly about what I see uh, people mocking to or pro- or projecting um, players going to. 
Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add around the pro day circuit draft stuff or cause I think next we were going to touch on the Rogers negotiations briefly and then hit free agency quickly. Yeah. So let's, so the uh, Packers jets, you know, as we mentioned, be appear to be an impasse. There's not really been any progress. Um, and the latest news is sort of trade adjacent with the jets. Um, so, you know, they've been adding players to the roster that, Rodgers wanted Lazard on his wish list, not wish list. Lazard got yep. signed, and Lazard said, I'm looking forward to playing with Rodgers. Um, a lot of Jets, smoke around Odell going to the Jets recently in the past week. Yeah, just the last couple of days, I think that's gotten a little hotter about uh, um, Odell going to the Jets. And they signed McCole Hardman as a free agent and then mm-hmm. traded Elijah Moore, plus a third, as you mentioned, to Cleveland for a second. And so yes. now the Jets have the 42nd and 43rd picks. So back to back in the second round. Yeah. And so the interesting thing about that is 42 and 43, um, according to the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, which is a bit outdated. Um, teams don't really use it as much anymore, but it's still a good benchmark would be according to that about the value of the 16th pick. Um, so I guess let's just talk a little bit about this, these negotiations. Um, I guess my first question to add is, if you had the choice between that 43rd pick or Elijah Moore, which would you have rather had in the dra- in this trade? Let's let's say everything else is the same, but you would have the choice of having the 43rd overall pick or Elijah Moore. Which would you have rather had? Because I personally would have rather had Elijah Moore. Yeah, um, let, let's, say they're, let's say they're acquiring this 43rd pick in order to package it in a trade to the Packers. Just completely hypothetical, just pulling this out of you know where. But if that was the case, I personally would rather have Elijah Moore. And I was someone who was very high on him coming out of the draft. I know he's had some trouble in his second. He had some trouble in his second year with the Jets. Um, I know him and Mike LaFleur did not have. And part of that trouble was with Matt LaFleur's brother. Yeah. And so Um, I think that could definitely have something to do with it. Um, Apparently, he told uh, Mike LaFleur to go blank himself. Um, uh, Multiple reports. uh, And he also got benched for like large swaths of the season uh, after having a very promising first year. Um, and just very talented player. They picked him at the top of the second round. I feel like I would have rather had him than a forty than a forty third overall pick. Uh, obviously, we don't even know if that forty third overall pick would be included in this kind of trade. But I was really high on Elijah Moore, and I I would have been interested in him being included in the trade. Uh, what do you think? He might be a little bit more of a sure thing than uh, say a second round wide receiver this year, especially in a poor wide receiver class. Yeah, though they may have, you know, they might be looking to pick somebody more like a tight end at that spot or a, um, pass rushing, defensive tackle or or edge at that point too. I think there's yeah. some, there's some defensive tackles and edges that I like around that range. Of course, this is all just guess range. Sometimes you know, you 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 mock draft and you pick players that are usually in that ballpark of the range, and then sometimes they end up going you know fifty picks earlier or later. Yeah, I mean, when it's, the real draft happens. The real draft is always uh, part of the reason it's so much fun is just that it's so unpredictable. Like the first ten or so picks are usually pretty chalk. Ten, fifteen. Sometimes the whole first round is chalk, but then you just start seeing picks out of nowhere. Um, and, and it does seem that as well, exactly. And it does seem that the NFL wasn't as high on more. Um, the move from I think it was the seventy sixth pick to the forty third pick um, with this uh, trade of more is about the value of the 66th pick. Um, so about a high third rounder uh, was mm. his, seemed to be his value 
around the league, or at least that's what he was traded for, essentially. Uh, so not as valuable as that pick would be. Um, and so I guess my follow-up question is what, I guess this is a bigger question is what do you think reasonable compensation looks like? And I kind of want to set the table here. So this is reasonable compensation with the jets because, you know, this is all the Packers are probably spending like 70% of 60% of their time on just talking with the jets about trying to get, trying to squeeze every drop out of this. Um, and recently, uh, Packers wire, uh, referencing again, um, collaborated with Jetswire, both, uh, I think, extensions of USA Today, if I remember correctly. Um, and they did a mock, dra- uh, mock trade negotiation. So essentially a bunch of Jets writers, a bunch of Packers writers. And what they essentially settled down to, uh, we retweeted this article as well, if you want to go find it. Uh, once again, it's at Father Son Packer. Um, and what they landed on, and so this was before the Elijah Moore trade, was pick 43 this year, Elijah Moore, and a conditional 2024 first if Rodgers plays multiple seasons. And so that was something that I guess both Packers and Jets writers agreed on. Uh, Now that Moore is kind of off the table, and with that as a bit of a framework in terms of that's how Jets like parties seem to think is a reasonable price. uh, What are your thoughts on like that kind of compensation? And what are your thoughts on what the compensation should be overall? Do you agree with some, a package like this or obviously it can't be the same package because Moore is now off the table, but I I would have been happy with this trade personally. Yeah, I've been happy with that trade. I think that's mostly because I think this is sort of where the smoke seems to be blowing in this direction. And so now maybe the Packers said, we don't want more. And awesome. so, and that's why the Jets made this trade. So maybe now the trade's going to be, you know, the two seconds. And maybe the Packers are still holding out for that number 13 overall pick. And But and maybe it's going to end up being like two seconds. And maybe a player like Ruckert, somebody who's not as the uh, tight end as was mm-hmm. a rookie last year. That would be something I would like, actually, if Ruckert was was added. I'd like him more than, say, Denzel Mims or um, Corey Davis as a player thrown in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then a twenty four, uh, a, a 2024 pick that is like a third if it's one-year one Rodgers um, in the playoffs and, and then can scale up to a first-rounder um, if they like make the Super Bowl or he plays another year. And so yeah, that's see- the it seems like both sides kind of agree that a 2024 conditional on like him staying, him playing a certain level, them having a certain amount of team success is very reasonable. I think that will end up being part of the deal. The other thing I've seen floated around by people like Mosqueda and stuff like that is um, just the two seconds and a 15-13 swap. Uh, I don't I, necessarily... I, I hate that 15-13 swap. A lot of people put it in there. It's like almost nothing. Yeah, it's it's really it's, not much. It's, it's, it's like it's like the, the big deal is the is the. It's not like it's a thirtieth and thirteenth swap as a first, the two first round swaps. You gain almost nothing, and for most teams, the player that well, I should say most of it. For a lot of time, the player you want is still going to be there fifteen. Or yeah. it's like it's it's such a small difference. It's and the it's thing almost, is, it can't be the main thing. It's got to be like an almost nothing throw in. To me, a trade up like that on draft day is like there's a lot more value moving 15 to 13 than two months beforehand like you that's a trade you only make during the draft if the player you want is there yeah because you and then you say i want to go get that that particular player you don't do it ahead of time just for draft capital because it adds so little but if there's a if like like let's say smith and jigba is still there or um will anderson has fallen down to 13 yeah, or like, I don't know, I mean, 
Jalen Carter, there's problems there. But if, if he's there, like if, if there's a player that's like this blue chip level player that you're very high on trading, making that move and moving from 15 to 13 makes sense. Moving 15 to 13 a month away from the draft just feels like such a minuscule move. Like it seems so because you can move up day of draft 15 to 13 for like a third round pick probably or like a like a like a late second. Like it it doesn't it yeah, it, it seems like it cannot be. So yeah, like they'll be like because two seconds for Rogers. I wouldn't think that's reasonable i would i would want a 24 conditional pick of some kind but like and then they're like oh we'll sweeten the pot and we'll swap 13 and 15 for you it's like all right Did like you, what like that that's doesn't jets that's what the jets fans are throwing in there we'll, we'll swap first and uh give you a fourth yeah for Rogers and, it's... And, and a third <laughs> and the value that people seem to view rogers as especially in the packers media base i mean seems like so there's such a range like some people are like oh we'll take like so I've seen Packers reported be like, we'll take a, a a third and a fourth for Rodgers just to get off the contract. And I'm just like, that's just bad business. Like maybe that that probably helps you, but there's no reason you can't get more than that. Like like getting off the contract is good. It we're not to the point where you need to, this is not Brock Eisweiler. We are we are not the sole goal is not just to get off the contract. Like you, you know, can get if something the Jets out of it. And I'm just making this up. The Jets lowball a crazy amount because they go package just one of the contract. Tell them to get lost, take a hike, and you know we'll trade him to some scrub team. We'll trade him to Indianapolis for uh, for you we'll, know a, a conditional third. We'll trade him to the we'll trade him to the we'll trade him to the Patriots. You have to play him twice a year. That, right, and and trade him for like pennies on the dollar if they're trying to give you pennies on the dollar anyway. Say so forget it. Yeah, and it doesn't. I, I a third and a fourth. I feel like the fact that I've heard Packers like reporters and like journalists who like otherwise opinion I I really respect say that that's that's what they would ex, ex, like accept for a Rogers trade. Like, yeah, no, that's not that nearly much, enough. You, you could you could obviously open it up to other um, teams. Yeah. Like, no, Jets are giving us nothing. You want to give us something so you can go beat the Jets? Yeah, it's like, and the thing is, it's like I, I'm I'm at the point where it's like I think. And then you tell Rodgers, the Jets didn't even want to give a third for you. Yeah, go, go, burn, the them down. go burn them down. <laughs> go, go burn them down. Go burn them down. But I think, uh, and we know how much Bill Belichick hates the Jets. Uh, <coughs> he hates the Jets. Fun fact. I don't know if you knew that. He he really hates the Jets. Um, but uh, the follow-up there, I think, just to wrap up this Rodgers discussion, then we'll talk about free agency a little bit. A uh, bit of a shorter pod today. Not as much news in the news cycle. Um, I think... The least I would take is just pick 13 or like both seconds in a conditional 2024. That's like a third, a second, if he plays the whole year and a first, if he throws for 4,000 yards and they make the playoffs. I think that's, that's kind of something that I would, I would be amenable to. Yeah. I think even if it's the, the, I would say is the first or the two seconds and a conditional pick in 2024. Yeah, but I, I think that that's kind of my where we stand. Opinion. That might some people might say it's too much. Uh, I don't know if many people would say it's too little. Uh, <laughs> we're probably on the like higher value side of what you th- we think you, they can get out of the Jets at this point. But you know, time will tell, and we will be keeping you updated on this entire saga as it continues. Um, I don't know if you saw, by the way, uh, something I I meant to tweet out, and I will probably tweet out right after we're done recording this. Is Christian Watson did a uh, interview on Rich Eisen's show. Mm. Um, about Trey Lance. Well, about, Trey Lance is well, mentioned. At least I he, saw a tweet about that. 
yeah, he talked about Lance, he talked about Rogers, he talked about love, he talked about just the draft pros, uh, progress. Um, and I think he was talking about, uh, I, I don't remember how I, I got to this point because I was just thinking about Jordan love. And then I was thinking about what Watson said, but if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, uh, you should go check it out. He, uh, he's a really good uh, interview. He's, he's, he's a very good public speaker. I haven't uh, seen it. I just saw a tweet about it. Well, I think he had like one of the highest, uh, um, was it the Wonderlick score? I, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I think he scored very well on that. Um, yeah, maybe one of the highest. Maybe, did, maybe did you know he was in the draft? He was five ten, one forty five as a junior in high school. Ooh-wee. And then he was six two, one ninety as a senior in high school. <laughs> wow. He grew like four inches and gained like fifty pounds from junior to senior year, and that's why he had like his only offer was North Dakota State, apparently. And then he grew like two more inches at North Dakota State and put on like twenty more pounds, thirty more pounds. Crazy. Uh, how come? Well, how, how come I, that didn't happen to me? That's what I want to know. I was five. I was like five ten something. I put something. on more pounds than that since I started. Uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten any taller. Uh, maybe just yeah. I guess I guess we're not all we're not all going to be. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'll but give let's... you a happy wish. You'll get any taller, <laughs> but you'll add the weight. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about free agency. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about who's still out there that we think the Packers can get yeah. um, and, and, at some and, of their and, positions and, of need. Because I think as the roster is currently constructed, we've got some holes. But let's first talk a little bit about who the Packers have added and lost. Um, the Packers uh, recently re-signed Justin Hollins to a one-year deal. Uh, he had three and a half sacks last year. I thought he was very solid. Uh, they added him halfway through the year from the Rams. Um, he... He was a very good athlete. Depth piece that when you know that they they played a lot of snaps after Gary went um, got yeah. injured. He was their third edge rusher for like a good yeah. half of the year, and I mean he wasn't. I mean he's not a world beater, but he's a very solid third fourth guy. No, he's a good he can, athlete. He, he can get to the quarterback a little bit. He's a little. He's not the biggest guy, but he wears a weird number. Wears forty seven for some reason. Um, but he's, he's he's a decent player, and I like the ad for some depth. Um, good athlete. Uh, I think they had on to it? have the depth. And so now I'm thinking maybe they'll only draft one edge higher towards the top of the draft. I've been For a while, I was drafting one really early and one late for extra depth. But now maybe they only need to add one early as a you know high-end edge rusher to play now and then maybe eventually take over for Preston when, um, in, a, in a, you know, maybe a couple years. But uh, I think they needed to add to that room. So I think it's really good. I wasn't sure if they're going to get him. It took a little while. Um, so these are just the uh, um, free agents that they've signed back that they signed in the last, this is the last episode thing. So they also brought back um, speaking of you know, position rooms that need, need, need help. Badly. They, they brought um, in the safety room, they brought Rudy Ford back on a one year deal for up to two and a half million for, a, I think a number of different, um, Incentives, incentives yeah. That, uh, may may and, suggest you know, how much they expected to play on defense. And the thing is, it's like he was okay at safety. I mean, he took Darnell Savage's spot for like at least four or five games, and he wasn't he wasn't great, but he could tackle better than Savage. He was got a little lost on coverage uh, quite a few times, actually, more than I think most people realize. I think a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, Rudy Ford was better than Savage last year." And it's like, well, he's a better tackler than him. I mean, he blew a lot of coverages too. I mean, they both blew a lot of coverages, so it is what it is. Um, but you know, at the very floor, he's an elite gunner. Like 
Yes, and, and but they also need people who play snaps, right? Yeah, um, they need uh, players to play because they don't have enough um, of players they can count on that who are actually going to be safeties. Um, they also resign. So, so you might notice the trend here for Packers resignings. They're just bringing back special teamers, just special teamers, ton of special and teamers, like end of the bench emergency yeah. depth of defenders. Yes. So. They, so what you know, what that means to me is I think we're going to see a very young team this year. I would I imagine any part picks of the they process take is they are, they don't want. I don't think they're going to sign very many older players, uh, at least not for very long. Um, so they they also brought back Corey Ballantyne, another like deep depth defensive back, yep. more of team. a special teamer. Um, and the one and the, 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 their second outside signing was uh, you know the um, long snapper. And that, yep, and we talked about last, last time. Week and last time, and now Tarverius. Did I get the name right? Tarverius Moore from San Francisco. Tarverius Moore out of San Francisco. Um, some stuff on him. I mean, um, he's fast. Uh, I was talking to my friend uh, Gavin. Shout out Gavin, who is a Niners fan. Watched the Niners very closely. Um, I apparently his biggest problem is he doesn't take the best angles, which isn't great. Uh, but he's really fast, and he's more of a free safety than anything else. So you don't really necessarily want him down in the box. Uh, he picked off Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, but you know, uh, another special teamer most likely probably play some snaps at safety just because they are so desperate for those snaps. Um, but solid player. Um, do you have any thoughts on him beyond that? No, I'm I'm hoping that he can. Uh... You know, show a little something, and this maybe this. I'm hoping this defense will be a good fit for him. We'll see. Um, so that he can play a little bit more on as a, as a safety because he needs something at safety. Um, I think we're still going to add one and still maybe two to the in the draft, depending on how many picks they end up with. In terms of you know, after they moving up and down can change how many total picks they have, especially you know, and how that, that might affect whether they du- how much they double up at positions. Because I have like three different three or four different positions I have them doubling up on. Yeah, and the thing the thing with Moore is like I I guess he he had that pick in the Super Bowl which would have been 2019-2020, right? Um if I remember um, 2019 season the, 2020. the San Francisco that's uh, yeah. right right yeah right. that was that uh, was the 2020 he tore his Achilles the following off season uh missed all of 2020 and then came back in 2021 and I think he's dealt with some nagging stuff since then as well. Um so you know, I think it's it's such a low risk signing that doesn't necessarily yeah, really yeah, matter. Signed from um, barely above the minimum. It's like you know, the vet contract. Um, so those contracts really don't change the cap at all. Yeah, because you, you, the cap calculation is on like this time of year the top fifty one players, and so when you add a player to the cap, it pushes another player off the cap. So if you sign somebody for like you know one point one million, it doesn't add one point one million to the cap. Yeah, it adds like two hundred thirty. It knocks down yeah. the seven hundred ninety eight hundred thousand player. So it only adds a couple hundred to the cap. Yeah. Um, beyond that, though, uh, Packers did lose another guy in free agency. Robert Tunyon did sign with the Bears since last time we uh, we uh, had an episode. Um, you know. I am not that concerned. I think he's a fine player, but he doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, I don't think it's going to be enough to do anything with the comp pick formula. Um, he didn't but sign to keep for very much. Of. I don't. So I, I haven't seen an update on the the uh, 
the comp pick formula. So I didn't have anything more to add to that. I didn't get a chance to look at that, see if there's any new calculation, but uh, he didn't, it was a pretty, it was a fairly small contract. Yeah. And then beyond that, anything else for that? Or should we talk about, uh, briefly talk on some guys that we're interested in perhaps? We could, yeah, go into, you mean in free agency, what's out there? Yeah, free agency. Yeah, and we can maybe not talk about everybody we've got listed here. But just in terms of uh, who is still out there um, in free agency, particularly positions we think the Packers need the most, in terms of how they can possibly end, you do what they can do in free agency is limited, of course, by how much cap money is. So they're currently at $22 million under the cap right now. Um, that goes down to $13.8 million after the Rodgers trade. Per over the cap, and then, and then they have some mandatory expenses. Essentially, um, the current draft picks and say practice squad and other mandatory costs that adds up to about eight point six million. And then, if you want to have a little, so that gets it down to like you know five point two million. And then, if you want to have some money um, in seasons for any signings, you usually have, they save a few million, th- three or four for that. So there's not actually much left um, to sign maybe like one or two other players for smaller contracts, but they could add cap space by extending Gary. That could easily free up like five or six or seven million, depending on how they structure it. Or if Rodgers is a post June one trade, then instead of being before the draft, that adds a bunch of money. To the cap this year, of course. Yeah, but they also then decide. Then yeah, I was gonna say we've talked about this. It's like, like yeah, they got money. They 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 don't have anything to spend. Like the Bears, Bears got lots of money. There's nobody left to sign. Yeah, it's like, and and the thing is that'd be after the draft. That would have a lot of ramifications on the like players they have this year in terms of who they're playing because I think they are gonna have to lean on whatever draft picks they get uh, to play heavy snaps. Um, Beyond that, though. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about some of these players we're interested in. Uh, Let's not talk about all of them. Um, Do you want to start with tight end? Because there's really only one, and I'm not that interested personally. Yeah, so the tight ends, there were a few of interest out there. Um, They've The last ones have really disappeared. They've been signed in the last, less than the last week. Dalton Schultz gone. um, Hurst signed Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah and both those guys went for contracts that i thought were fairly reasonable but i guess just a little bit out of the packers ability so i've looked at some of the the list for um available free agents on the pfs tracker and so the last are tight end in the top whatever 150 some players is herb smith from minnesota so last year he was there graded as the 54th best tight end he missed 2021 um he missed 2021 he missed half of 2022 he hasn't really been able to stay on the field. There's a big reason they signed Hawkinson or traded for Hawkinson. That is, um, is because he couldn't stay on the field. They had like a pretty bad injury actually at like week seven, I think, and managed to come back for like their last week of the year. But I mean, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He was a third rounder the same year that they picked Sternberger. So that would have been what, four years ago. Yeah. I think um, it was 2019 and he was, his 2020 year was not bad. He was like 19th in the league in terms of the, um, rating for tight ends. But, uh, and he's projected to make something like four million a year. But when you get this late in the free agency uh, period, I think those projected contracts are getting are, are shrinking. Yeah, and I'm I'm not super interested, so I'm fine with just moving on to the next position group. I think they'll probably just draft two or three tight ends, honestly, and maybe yeah. see if they can get Ruckert <laughs> back in the Jets trade. Maybe I'm not sure. 
Yeah, and so then then the other the, I'd say the, the the position room that's the second most dire right now is probably still safety. Yeah, I would I would say most dire. More than tight end. More so that its importance is more important than tight end. And the fact that the tight May end draft class and the fact that the tight end draft okay. class is actually good and you're yes. not going to be able to draft any safeties because they're all <laughs> not good. So there are a few safeties out there. Uh, um, some of the, the big names have gone, but there are a few left um, of ver- with various uh, sort of graded levels and expected um, salaries. Yeah. Do you want to just talk about, um, we'll just each say one word the most interested in. Okay. Um, do you want to start us off? All right. So in terms of um, possible salary, projected salary who would i be who am i most interested in and if we're looking for somebody who's more of a stopgap well, while you're, while you're thinking about it i just i'll just say really quick that another piece of packers news is that adrian amos while we're talking about safeties did have uh visits with the baltimore ravens um hasn't signed with them uh, as of right now but something to keep an eye on that he is um getting looks from other teams and he's also from baltimore so that would be a good fit for him um Nothing but the best for Amos. He was really good here for a little while. And, you know, if they wanted to bring him back, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, but it's not looking likely. So maybe the I would say person who I'm most interested in, maybe it's John Johnson. I was going to say the same thing. Because um, um, I don't think he's – he's had some good years in the past, though. Yeah, last year wasn't so great. He was, what, 57th in the league? Yeah. Both of he's his only years, 28. Both of his years in Cleveland were – Pretty disappointing, but it's 2020 with the Rams. He was one of the best safeties in the league. Um, uh, Joe Barry was on that staff with the Rams. Uh, I think he was the linebackers coach at the time, so he didn't directly coach him, but he is at least familiar with him. Um, that would have been my pick as well. The other one I would have picked, um, my second pick probably would have been Rapp because he is the youngest. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Taylor Rapp, who used to also play for the Rams, so some familiar familiarity there as well. Um, he has visited the Bengals and Patriots, uh, according to Field Yates. So I think that they would probably get priced out of that market if you're the Packers. I don't think they'd be able to afford him. Um, but he would be another one. He's a good tackler, um, good change of direction, but not very explosive, a little small. Um, he's not a guy that I think you need to get into a bidding war over, uh, especially if other teams are interest- interested. Um, but probably, I think, the second most interesting player on this. Um, but I definitely would have gone Johnson as well for my first pick. Yeah, and I think Johnson, so for another comparison, Johnson's expected to project like one year, five and a half million, and wrap at three years, 21 million. Um, so that may, and, and uh, what wrap is 25 and Johnson is 28. Yeah, but both still young enough. Oh, yeah, um, young enough. And then the next position of interest uh, for free agents is D line. I'm actually pretty interested in a lot of these guys. Uh, I think there's some definitely some meat on the bone for for the D line position of the players in free agency. I think, um, you know, I'll I'll just quickly list off the four guys that I had interested, and in. we'll you can pick the one you're most interested, in, and I'll pick the one I'm most interested in. But Matt Ioannidis, I think, would be interesting. Ashawn Robinson would be interesting. Shelby Harris would be interesting, and Puna Ford would be interesting to me. Uh, any of those um, jump off the page to you? Um, in terms of who would be the most interesting to me, maybe Ioannidis. I think as well. He's 29 years old. 
Uh, he was okay last year. I think he's just mostly a solid interior D lineman. His tackling did slip a bit last year, but he would be a good starter. He's had some really good years for Washington, played one year in Carolina last year, and they struggled, but it's not like he's surrounded by a ton of talent there. I mean, Derek Brown's an okay player right next to him, but um, I don't know. That that was just my thought. Yeah, and Shelby Harris, who has he actually been released by the Seahawks yet? Uh, I believe he has been officially released. Yes, I'll double check that while you... Because um... that was the story. He was going to get released, and I don't know if he has been yet. Um, he was... Uh, he rated a little bit higher. He's, a, he's another one I'd be very interested in. If he, you know, if he, he is the oldest of those he is guys. The um, but I, I think he is very good. I'm The only thing I'm seeing is still that Garofolo tweet from about two weeks ago where they said they plan to release Shelby Harris. I'm not seeing like an official release yeah, statement. I'm not seeing him listed as a free agent on either PFF or spot track and uh, see like projected salary range for him yet. Yeah. So I don't um, think it's maybe hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah. He's, he's a good run defender, solid pass rusher. He was like elite, elite three years ago. He's getting a little old now, but he can still play a little bit. Um, Puna Ford wasn't very good last year, but was really good the previous four years. I don't know. Um, and then Ashawn Robinson, if they just want to take a swing at like a good run defender, um, would probably be pretty cheap. Um, mm-hmm. Just just a right. body. He might be kind of what they're looking for. Second second round of free agency, maybe not commanding as much of a salary, trying to um, you know <clears throat> reclaim some value by having a good year on a, on a prove it deal, um, kind of like they did with um, Campbell. Yeah, and like <clears throat> you know. It's a fine player. Um, I think it'd just be good to have another player who has played in the NFL along the D line. Would be nice. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, I'm gonna if they sign somebody, he's gonna be either one of uh, Ford or Robinson. Yeah. Uh, and then let's go down to Edge. Um, I think the problem here is either these guys are gonna be too expensive, or they're gonna be ring chasing and they're not gonna want to play for the Packers. Um, you don't think Packers are gonna be a favorite this year? <laughs> So the ones I had written down were Clowney, Ngakwe, Leonard Floyd, Melvin Ingram, and Justin Houston. In my opinion, Clowney's probably going to get paid more than he's worth just because of his name. Um, Leonard Floyd probably wants to sign with a contender, I would imagine. Um, Same with Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston. Justin Houston is the most interesting of these to me, personally, just because he was really good for the Ravens, like really good for the Ravens last year. Um, But he is 34 years old, so he's probably going to want to go to a contender. Um, yeah. I think the most reasonable of these that they could get is probably maybe Ngakwe if he wants to take like a prove it year deal, um, where he's going to get some snaps. Uh, but he was bad for Indianapolis last year, so I'm not sure. Yeah, the one who actually had the best year last year was Houston. Um, though they also have him protected having the lowest salary. Uh, well, I guess along with Ingram because they're the two oldest. Um, and then there's and, like and Frank this, is a, this is a more expensive this is more expensive yeah. position to sign a free agent, you know, as opposed to like safeties, something a little bit easier for the Packers yeah. to afford. And and they well, you could say they they just maybe they just signed their one edge of free agency. Yeah, and um, I think you don't in, sign in like a one year edge <clears throat> unless you're a team that thinks you're competing for a Super Bowl. I think just philosophically to me that makes sense, just because they are a little ex- more expensive. You're paying like a premium essentially just for pass rush juice. And the difference between having like Houston play however many snaps and playing Hollins have every many snaps, like it's not going to take you from like a middle of the pack team, which I think most people would expect them to be next year to like a contender all of a sudden. I don't know. I, I'm not really, 
I don't really want them to add any of these edges. I also don't think they're going to get any of these edges. Yeah, this is the position I think is they're the least likely to add in free agency now, especially since they brought back Hollins, and so they have, you know, and the, and it and, seems like you know enough players to play snaps. And it seems like Gary is progressing well in his healing. So yeah, I, th- I we haven't heard anything since we heard that he was targeting um, to be ready by the rest, uh, start of the season, but. No news is good news in that case. Um, and, Dad, let's wrap it up here and talk a little bit about wide receivers. Um, Shark and Aguilar uh, signed today to um, – where did Shark go again? Well, Aguilar went to the Ravens, and Shark went to the Panthers. Panthers. Um, I was like, it was blue. It's like, that wasn't the Lions. Yeah, beyond that <laughs> – uh Odell I think there's no chance they get him the ones I would be most interested in would be Marvin Jones um fell off last year he's 33 years old but he still had 600 yards and four touchdowns for the Jaguars it was just kind of a bit of a crowded receiving room in terms of Christian Kirk getting a lot of work uh Zay Jones kind of taking his job a little bit um I think he can still play a little bit and he can be like a decent vet for cheap uh he doesn't have a whole lot of tread left on the tires but he's got he's he's a He's a pro's pro, um, and he's played a lot in the league, and just having a vet in the locker room would be good just for leadership, even if he's not getting a lot of snaps. Um, and then Richie James would be kind of interesting. Um, 27 years old, played for the Giants last year, has had some struggles with health, um, but he's really explosive. He'd be a gadget return type guy, had 570 yards and four touchdowns for the Giants last year who didn't even throw the ball much. Um and they really, Packers don't really have this archetype of player right now on their roster. Um, and he would also be a bit familiar with the scheme um, because he played in a similar system in San Francisco for three years, his first three years in the league. Um, I don't know. Uh, those, I think Richie James is the one I'd be the most interested in. Uh, he might what do be you the think? most excited, the one to be most excited about. I also know the player I think that might be signed. Maybe it was Jarvis Landry. Yeah, um, I would, I would be, think he, might he would be. Like, the younger version of uh Cobb at this point for that for them he didn't yeah. do much last year his value's got to be really low you know after having only 272 yards last year he'd be more like um that leadership um yeah i i think he might try and be doing one last rodeo he um, could try to go for uh yeah he might be ring chasing at this point yeah i think marvin jones is like past the ring chasing point i mean he's only played for like the lions and the jaguars so yeah. Um, I, those are the ones I'm interested in. I think Richie James makes the most sense. Um, he's he's interesting because they don't have that kind of player right now. They might get the most out of him. He might have the most to add to the team. Yeah. Any other receivers you want to talk about, or should we wrap up here? I think we need to wrap up. There was it was not a great receiving uh, free agent class this year, even when they before any of them started to sign at other teams, and yeah. now it's even less less so. Exactly. Well, anyway. Thanks so much for coming in and listening. Uh, we talked a little bit about Pro Days. We talked a little bit about Rodgers and the Jets. And we talked a little bit about free agency. Uh, if you liked what you heard, once again, come follow us on Twitter at FatherSonPacker. Subscribe to us wherever you can find podcasts. Subscribe, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. It would help our numbers. Um, and then, until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.